Hello everyone, welcome to Simply Reflecting. I'm your host, Dutch, and I'm so excited that you're here joining us. If you're back, welcome back. If you're coming for the first time, welcome in. Here on Simply Reflecting, it's all about feeling like you're getting together with one of your close friends and you're just catching up. You know those catch-up sessions, you're just finding out about everything going on, right? And so I hope that this feels like that. It's a nice catch-up session. We're going to be talking about, you know, everything and anything. Today... I have a fun topic. I'm excited about today's topic. So without further ado, my new favorite catchphrase, let's get into this week's episode of Simply Reflecting. This week, we are reflecting on something that I am excited to talk about because it doesn't feel too heavy. I wanted to go lightweight this week, right? Like, you know, you have those conversations with your friend and it's like a heart to heart and you're it's deep. And then, you know, you have those other conversations where you're just laughing. It's a little catch up. It's a walk in the park with some iced tea. That's the vibe that I'm going for today, especially as my favorite season is slowly, very slowly. I want to emphasize slowly coming to a close. You know, fall does not officially start, I don't think, until like September 23rd, which shout out September 23rd. That's one of my best friend's birthdays, Amelia. Um, So anyway, also on September 23rd, uh, you know that brand Rowing Blazers? They, like, do cute clothes and stuff. I don't own anything from them because it's mad expensive. But they're doing a Target collection drop on September 23rd. Like, remember when Stony Clover did that? My mom would tell you, remember when Isaac Mizrahi did that? That was, like, her thing. I don't know. That was, like, 2006 or something. She was so into that. Anyway, Rowing Blazers is doing a little drop. How do we get to Rowing Blazers? September 23rd, fall, I'm holding on to summer. Bring it all back to the topic, which is... My first job. Okay, I know. You're like, where are we going with this one? But I was reflecting. I, you know, I'm thinking about going back to school because I'm a teacher part-time. It's one of my jobs. I feel like Barbie is one of the jobs I do. And it got me thinking about going back to school and going back to school during college and the jobs I had during college. And I had my first, like, real job in college, you know, where I got, like, a paycheck. I had, like, babysitting jobs. I attempted to start a cleaning service with one of my dearest friends in high school, Patricia. It was called P&D's cleaning service. Uh, Real imaginative there, Patricia and Dutch. It did not take off. We posted a bunch of ads. We actually got like a good amount of traction and responses, but then we quickly realized like uh, probably not a good idea for like 15, 16 year olds to go unaccompanied into strangers' houses to clean. So that did not take off. But my first actual job with like a paycheck, it was in college. I worked at the library. It was my work study job, which is basically like this program that a lot of colleges have, I think all of them do, where they'll pay you to work somewhere on campus as part of your financial aid package. And so I got a job working at the library because I was like, I am not working at the dining hall, okay? I'm moving around and dancing all day because I was a dance major. And so I was like, the last thing I want to do is stand on my feet serving potato pancakes. So (laughs) I don't think they actually ever did serve potato pancakes in college. But anyway, I was like, I'm sitting down. I'm sitting down at this job. So I got a job working at the library, which, side note, is the perfect place to work in college. If you need a job, go run, sprint to the library, do it quietly, but get there to the library because it was the perfect balance of like low key, but not boring. Like, because I worked the front desk, right? So I got to interact with like lots of different people, which was really good for me because I was not that, I'm still, I'm not the most socially outgoing. So it was like good practice talking to people and meeting people. And at the same time though, it was like, 
easy to observe people, right? Because like people noticed you, they would come up and ask for a book and stuff like that. But like, it was a great people watching job. Like I was always on the cusp of predicting breakups and who was going to get together with who. And I mean, I saw so many different relationships beginning and ending in the library, including my own, which I'm going to get to, but I loved it. It was such a nice combination of like interaction, but also observation. So it wasn't like boring because you weren't alone, but it wasn't overstimulating. It was perfect. And there was no beef like librarian beef, okay? The drama, there wasn't really drama amongst us like student coworkers, but the drama with these librarians, oh my goodness. She did a citation this way. I told her to do it that way. She moved the book into special collections. Special collections is my area. I have never seen a group of people with more drama than the librarians at my college, okay? It was really, it was crazy. And so I worked there and I ended up becoming a supervisor and I had the most amazing group of friends. It was like the group of supervisors. And funnily enough, bizarrely enough, we were all from the city, which was actually amazing because it was such a culture shock going away to college. I went away to like a state school upstate same state, but completely different environment, right? Like, I will never forget. This is the example I always think of. It was like a month and a half into college, and I was walking to class with this, like, person who at the time was my friend, and they were telling me a story about what had happened over the weekend, and I was like, oh my gosh, you're mad stupid for that, when they got to this, like, one part of the story. And then they stopped talking to me. Like, obviously, they didn't, like, stop talking to me in that moment, but, like, they basically like avoided me for the rest of college and I didn't find out until senior year that um, it was because I called them mad stupid or said they were mad stupid for that, which in my mind, in my world growing up, that was like almost a term of endearment. Like you wouldn't call a stranger mad stupid. It was like, you're mad stupid for that. Like that's what you say to a friend. So it was really nice for me to have a group of people who I could, you know, call mad stupid and they would know it was a term of endearment, right? And because I was a supervisor, I worked nights. That was like when you worked more as a supervisor because they had less staff. And let me tell you, working nights in a library, I worked until 1.30 in the morning, right? The stuff that goes on past 12.30, we had to do these things called rounds, where you had to like walk around the library and count how many people were around, right? And I hated it because it was always so awkward. You walked around with this like clicker and you had to like click at people and like peer around corners and also go into all of the rooms all of the rooms, which was kind of creepy, you know, at like 1230 at night in this big library. And also, you know, my mother listens to this. So going to keep it PG. Let's just say one time I was doing rounds at 1230 and I had to go into room 231A. And what I saw, <laughs> never need to see again. It was the, it was, uh, there was, it was a situation. You can imagine what could have been going on at the library at 1230 in the morning. Let's just say I never wanted—I never went in that room again. I made everybody else do rounds from that point on, right? And so it was really—it was a perfect job for me because I had this group of people who understood me, who I could talk how I talked. I got to interact with people, but not too much. There was always a little bit of drama. I got to observe people, you know, like I witnessed relationships starting, relationships ending, my own relationships starting and ending, literally, okay? Every single, wait for this, every single, I think this is a crazy fact, every single one of my relationships has started and or ended at that library, but not just at that library, at that library while I was working, okay? Yes, my very first situationship thing, uh, it wasn't really so much a relationship, it was more a situationship. Um, we worked together 
and our relationships literally started at the library and ended at the library. He called things off one day during a shift, um, which was kind of awful. Um, you know, it was, I was, I was, it was a complicated situationship. I'm not going to act like I was perfect in this scenario because I was not at all. We were both, you know, young and learning a lot. And it was both of ours, like first, uh, like relationship, situationship experience and with a boy and all of that. And well, I'm pretty sure it was for him, but anyway, um, we both had a lot to learn and it was, and I, we are still, well, I don't really talk to him anymore since college, but you know, we still talk occasionally and throughout the rest of college, we actually remained like, I considered him a good, like a very close friend. And so anyway, that started and ended at the library. And then my next relationship the following year, uh, in the fall started at the library with one of my friend's friends would always come to the library to study and things like that. And one day he um he needed to get a skeleton and so which i know (laughs) it seems kind of out of context but we had these skeletons you could like study you know pass out or whatever and mr bones we called them and um he needed to get a skeleton but we were out of skeletons which it was always very clear that we were out or in but he came up to the desk and he was like hey this was so slick this was so slick he was like hey um could I give you my number so you could text me when the skeleton comes in so I could come get it? Mind you, we had a whole, like, system of, like, paging people. We had, like, it was kind of high-tech, low-key. We had these, like, Olive Garden, like, pagers. <laughs> like, you know, they give, like, for your table when you're waiting. We had a set of those, and we would, like, give those to people when they were waiting for, like, a skeleton. But anyway, that's how we got my number. And we started talking from there. And that situation, relation experience lasted a much a long time uh, again somewhat off and on but he broke up with me uh one time he texted he broke up with me over text at the library and then when we got back together fool that I am in that moment I was learning a lot I was not a fool I was learning a lot I was learning a lot um I then ended up you know the whole year later or whatever I think I sent him the final we are done text when I was at the library. And so, and then I had to run into him like the next day there. So anyway, that relationship started and ended at the library. And then the relationship that I'm currently in started and no, did not end and hopefully will not because I've graduated. So there's no chance that I know of for it to end in that library. It started at that library. My current partner, well, we we didn't actually first meet at the library. We met at a cycling class because... (laughs) I know this is like out of left field. That was my other job. We met there and then he ended up actually getting a job, which he says was a coincidence. I don't know. He ended up getting a job that it probably was at the library. And we worked the same shift one night and he asked me out to dinner at work one night. And so that was literally the relationship that I've been in now for a number of years started at that library. So you know, if you're looking into getting a job in college and you want to meet people and potentially get into multiple situationships and out of them, the library, babe, I'm telling you, the library. So anyway, going back to school and all of this, it just had me really reflecting on that first job. And then also some of the jobs that I've had since then, like I said, I taught indoor cycling, which was really an experience, right? For the most part, it was my friends that came to class. Megan, if you're listening to this, I love you. Always came to class. Anna, like, you know, we had a great group that would come. Sometimes, like, different people from the community even would come. So it was a nice mix. We also would always get exercise science students because the college I went to had mad exercise science students. And they had to take a class as, like, part of their major 
where it was just like about fitness, I think. And so they had to come take fitness classes at the rec center and then review them. And so I would always be getting these exercise science kids like, you know, in my class. And for the most part, it was like, you know, they were great. Sometimes, though, I would get like a bro, right, who would like only lift weights. And I would do a weight section in the class, which was like two or three pounds because we're on a bike, people. We're on like this tiny rickety bike. I'm not going to have you lifting like 30 pounds or something. And they would always insist on like getting the heaviest weight. And I'd be like, I don't know if you want to use that. And they could never get through the weight section, right, because they had so much like ego about like taking lighter weights also like in such cliche fashion, the lighter weights were pink and purple and they didn't want like the pink and purple, you know, weights. And also they were coming into class and it was basically like pride, you know, it was like me, three girls, two gay guys that, you know, the only thing we were missing was like a disco ball, um, <laughs> you know, so it was like, you know, bumping along to Nicki Minaj and Britney Spears. So maybe they didn't feel the most welcome, you know, the most safe in that environment, you know, I wonder how that felt, uh, you know, so that was the vibe of the class, right? And as part of the, like, education class that they had to take as part of their major, one of the assignments after they came to take our class, like the fitness class, was they had to write a review of the class that they took. And for whatever torturous reason, the professor of that class would then hand deliver those reviews to us at the end of the semester. And I will never forget this one review I got. For the most part, they were like, okay. And, you know, I could be a little sensitive, so I always wanted them to be good, but I understood that it wasn't everybody's, you know, cup of tea, etc. And I got this one review, I'll never forget. It said, I liked the class, and I was like, awesome. And then the next line was, I didn't like the instructor. And I was like, oh, well, that's personal. Uh, you know, we just <laughs> went straight for it. But it... it <laughs> It got even more personal because they wrote, I'm sorry, they wrote, I'll never forget, they wrote, his voice, let me get through this, his voice is really annoying, he kind of sounds like the babysitter who would be on TV late at night. His voice is really annoying, he kind of sounds like the babysitter that would be on TV at night. Fran Drescher. Friend, what other babysitter was on TV late at night? The nanny, okay? The the person basically said that I sounded like reruns of Fran Drescher teaching cycling in the morning, okay? Now listen, I know I have a nasally voice. I know I basically sound like the gay Ray Romano, but, and, and that is Fran Drescher. I mean, let's be real. The gay Ray Romano is Fran Drescher. So that has always stuck with my soul. And when I say stuck with my soul, I mean, I brought it up in therapy three years later. Uh, it has really been with me, right? And all of my jobs have been with me. So that was sort of where I was going with this reflection, or just as I went, you know, get ready to go back to school and teach and stuff, it just had me thinking about the way that all these jobs and experiences, you just carry them with you. I was feeling very reflective, very looking back at it, you know, and I just, I love hearing about people's first jobs because I think there's always something exciting, something different, something, you know, you work at a, my grandma worked at a dairy bar, like an ice cream place. My mom, she was a waitress, like, you know, it's just all type of jobs. I love hearing everyone's first job and, and what they're doing. So that's actually this week's question. If you want to text me, call me, let me know what your first job is, your favorite first job story. I love, love, love hearing them. And I hope you liked hearing about my first job. I know it was sort of all over the place. And my God, this podcast, I'm really trying to figure out. It's all over the place and I'm not sure where we're going, but I hope we're going somewhere and I hope you enjoy it. So first jobs, always a blast. Mine working at the library was certainly an experience, whether it was finding people in a room at 12.30 in the morning to all these relationships that I had starting and or ending there to cycling. You know, I didn't even get to my cycling job in the summer where I had shoes thrown at me or maybe I did, but that was a whole other job, right? So 
love a job, also don't love a job because capitalism and people should just be free to explore and contribute to society in the ways that they need to and can and excel and thrive. But anyway, um, <laughs> that's this week's reflection. Jobs, first jobs, would love to hear about yours. All right, so before we get into this week's advice section, which you know I love, I wanted to add another section to the podcast. And I think, I don't know, maybe next episode I might mix it up the order. Maybe we start with this, then we go into a reflection, then we end with some advice. You know, it's, it's, it's so much going on in my brain. It's so much going on in my brain and a lot going on right now. The next episode, actually, I think I already know what I'm going to talk about. Uh, It's going to continue on the job trend. I want to talk about what it's like being an influencer or content creator as one of the jobs, like, because it's it's a lot. And I feel like people don't really have insight into, like, what the job can be like. So I want to talk about that next week. Anyway, this section that I want to add comes from last episode. And, and by next week, I keep saying next week's episode, you know it's going to be every other week because your boy, I cannot keep up with an every week episode, right? So the next episode. But anyway, this comes from the last episode where we did highs and lows. I really love doing that. So I was like, I want to do highs and lows every episode, like a mini version, right? Like one high, one low. And then maybe every once in a while we'll do, you know, an extended version episode. So my high for this week was I got to go see my grandmother. I went to visit my grandma, which was great. You know, I come from a very, very small family. It's like my mom, my grandma. Um, And so getting to see her is always a joy and a blast. And she is so funny. And I just I love getting to spend time with her. So that was a real high for me. Um, Not so much of a high for me. This is not my low. It's it's just a side note for that high. I don't know if anybody else experiences this, but my grandmother's couch is like the hardest thing on the face of the planet. That thing is rock solid. It is carrying the ancestors or something. I don't know. Anyway, you know, it's not always the, the most enjoyable experience. I could do a whole episode talking about just like the experience at your grandmother's. Maybe that'll be the next episode or sub episode at some point. So that's not really a low. That was just more like sleeping on a really hard couch <laughs> for a few days. You know what? It recalibrated my spine. It did something. So there's that. But my actual low is that I have been dealing with Patrice the sty on my eye. Yes, I named it because this sty was with me for like mad long. It was like a chalazion. I'm not going to get into the whole details because it's gross. <laughs> but I hate styes and I went to this like old school optimal today like she must have been 90 I'm not even playing and she came at this thing with a vengeance and a q-tip that could reach to the depths of hell and my eye is so sore right now she like got rid of it and stuff but that is definitely a low and now my eye is also like so swollen and school starts next week so I'm just like I'm icing it constantly and I'm sending love to the sty on my eye which one of my professors in college used to always say that whenever she'd get a sty so I'm sending it love as it heals but definitely a low you know definitely a low all right now that we got through our highs and lows it's time for what I think might be my favorite section of the podcast, which is, of course, the advice section. So as always, you can send me a question or something that you want advice on to the number in the description box. You can call that number, leave a voicemail, send a text. I love hearing from all of you. And you know my trademark, my you know thing about advice? Sometimes the best advice is the worst advice. So my promise is that I will give you what I think might be the best advice, and it might not be, but you know, sometimes the worst advice really is the best advice. I know that is so reassuring. You really, really do want to send me a question for advice now. But anyway, I'm so excited about this week's question. It comes from a listener who, of course, you know, 
we got to come up with a name for protect the innocent as always i'm going with helga this week this week's question comes from helga and i'm really excited about this question because it's kind of personal and has to do with some of the things that i have to do in my life and also has to do with jobs how convenient how linking up with the theme of this week right so helga wrote in and said Hi Dutch, I'm desperately seeking advice and your perspective on life makes me believe you're the right person to ask. Oi, I hope so. (laughs) I've been at my retail job for seven years. I've established myself there and it's a job that's paying the bills. However, my heart isn't in it. I really want to work with children and eventually get to the point where I can be a lead teacher. I have no schooling or background, so it would take some time to establish those roots. I'm just feeling unsure about the jump from a stable job that I've committed myself to for so long or where my heart wants to go. I hate to say that money is the main decider, but in the way that the world is, unfortunately, I have to pay bills to survive. How do you decide between stability or happiness? Oi! Helga. Oh my goodness. So many fabulous questions. So many amazing things to talk about. So first of all, my gut, my number one, my, my A one, all of this is always is go with your heart with an asterisk, right? Go with your heart and with the understanding that sometimes it might take longer or look different than just going with your heart right now. In an ideal world, we'd all have unlimited resources and capitalism would, you know, cease to exist. And, uh, <laughs> We would all be free and liberated and able to do the things that we love and thrive and contribute to the world in the ways that we know we can. That's simply just not the case, however, sadly, in this world we live in. And so making your dreams come true or going after the things that you want to go after, you kind of have to do it in sort of a roundabout way. So the first thing I would say is I don't really know like how much money you're making in retail or like your whole financial situation or anything like that. But I would first get very clear about what my finances looked like and what the minimum was that I needed to live. Of course, you know, I, if you can have an emergency fund and things like that, you know, look at me sounding like a personal finance expert, right? You know, like have a little emergency fund, things like that. But I would really take a look at my finances and see what, you know, what I could live on. Now, I don't know where you live, like in the country or if you even live in the States or whatever. Um, but there are so many different ways you can get involved working with children and working in education. You could start out by working at an after-school program, right? Which, like, maybe you could do alongside working in retail. You could be an assistant teacher. Like, a lot of assistant teacher jobs, um, like paraprofessional or working in a daycare, you don't necessarily have to have, um, like, a college degree yet. You can be working toward your college degree, which leads me to part B or C, I don't know where we are, which is working on your degree part-time, right? Like maybe you could go back and get your associates in like early childhood or childhood education and then work towards your bachelor's. And once you have your bachelor's, you're certified. And then you can, you know, teach in a classroom and be a lead teacher. So I 100% support you. I as always feel like that advice was all over the place, but like I said at the beginning, I think you should go for it with an asterisk, with an understanding that going for it might not necessarily look like you just leave your retail job tomorrow and, you know, start on the path to being a teacher. Obviously, sadly, we have to look at our financial situations and see where we are and all of that. So figuring out a way to make your dreams happen alongside the reality of what's going on, I think is A, a very challenging thing to do, but B, also very rewarding. And once you finally do make that dream happen, oh my God, it's even more rewarding, right? Because you managed to do it amongst all the mishigas and stuff that you had to transpire and move through. So I think you should totally go after it. Personally, I also love working with kids. You know, I teach and I love working with kids. They are fabulous. They are so smart and 
kind and funny and they fill my days with such joy and I and I love working with them. And so I think it's a really rewarding job and I think we need more people who are who want to do it, right? Like who are really excited about it and who have a passion for it and love working with kids. That's the number one thing, right? Like you can learn how to teach math. You can learn how to teach writing. You can learn different curriculum and all this and that, but you can't learn to love kids and want to work with them. And so the fact that you have that, you are already leaps and bounds. You are where you need to go. I think you should totally go after it. And I am so, so excited to hear how you go after your dreams. And no judgment or shame if it takes you a while or it doesn't happen also, right? Like I, you will get there and where you're supposed to be when you need to get there. Um, I know that's so cliche, but cliches are cliche for a reason. So Helga, I am cheering you on and I cannot wait to see what you do. All right, everyone, that concludes this episode of Simply Reflecting. I am so glad that you were here. I know we didn't do listeners' responses to the last episode's question of what were your highs and lows. There were so many awesome responses and full transparency, I got to get this episode out and up, right? If I don't, it's going to be like another three weeks and I'm running short on time with school starting and just all the different stuff happening. And so I wanted to get this episode out and I wanted to do those answers justice. So I decided to save them for the next episode. I'm going to collate them, curate them, and then, you know, distribute them on the podcast. I don't know what the hell that means. Collate, curate, distribute, but whatever. I wanted to. I wanted them to have the space that I wanted them to have, right, is what I'm trying to say. So next episode, we will definitely be covering those answers because there were some fabulous highs and lows that came in, and I want to give them the space that they deserve. So thank you, as always, for listening. I am so, so glad that you chose to stay, and I cannot wait until we are together again, simply reflecting.